Hey, and welcome to episode 64 of the Sunfire Tavern, a podcast for gamers and geeks where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies and TV, with me, Clark, and my co-host, Ollie, discussing the hot topics from the last few weeks. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or whatever else podcasts may seem to pop up these days. Uh, and if you want to send us your questions and comments, you can do so through the Google form, which you'll see linked in the podcast information below. Or in the blurb, or uh, every week I get that wrong. <laughs> Never mind. Hi, Ollie. Hello. Hey. hey, dude. How's it going, Matt? Good. How are you? Good. It's, uh, we're, we're, so for the listeners, we're recording a very late, late night episode today. So normally we record around like six o'clock, but today we're recording at 10 p.m. Uh, so, busy lives. Yeah, so we're going to be having a late night episode because, um, yeah. Also, this is going to be the the last episode for a, a bit time because uh, Clark, you're heading out for three weeks, right? I am. I'm going exploring around Croatia, Italy, and God knows where else. Ooh. We're landing in Bosnia, which I oh. the last time I heard of Bosnia was at war. Yeah, I hope it's still not. That's um, what I know Bosnia for. But that's I mean, all I know about Bosnia. But we're not. landing there, going up to Croatia through the national parks and hiking. Uh, and then up and round to Venice and down to Florence is where oh, we're going. That sounds like so, uh, sounds so good, man. Three weeks, three weeks back. Because we also we had a conversation at work the other day, and people were like, "Oh, um, when was the last time you went on holiday?" And I thought back, and I went, "My actual, last actual holiday was about fifteen years ago." Oh God! Um, oh wow! Yeah, because every every time I've been away, it's been with work of some description. So it's either been like going to E3 or Gamescom or whatever or BlizzCon. Or going to do something that was also related to work. Yeah. Like so, I, I went to LA a few years back, and it was with a load of people from our old job. Yeah. Um, and we went literally as a jolly, but my my actual reason for going was to take a job interview. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Which that was when I was, if you remember, I was offered the job, and then I went into a coma, so obviously I didn't get that job. Oh god. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was a whole thing. But anyway, we're on a podcast, and we've got stuff to talk about this week. I've put some points together, but we might meander a little bit, so I'll just go over what we're going to do this week. Um, usual what we've been playing and what we've been watching, which might go on for a bit. Uh, then we're going to talk about Netflix ramping up to be a serious player in the games industry and Ubisoft looking to sell their majority shares to Tencent. All big money stuff going on there. Mm. Uh, Gamescom is on its way. Uh, Splatoon 3 did their direct today, which was kind of interesting. I might speak about that very briefly. Oh, I might need to get um, that watch, actually. It's, it's cool, but it's it's long, so watch it later. Yeah, okay. Um, also, Overwatch have now announced that all the loot boxes are going to be taken out of the game, and they're going to be replaced with an in-game shop and a battle pass. Yay! Yeah, that'll be an interesting um, thing to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sandman and Prey are both great, but I haven't watched either of them, so maybe Ollie's seen either of those and he can give us something, otherwise that's going to be a boring conversation. I have um, I have also not seen either of those things. <laughs> that's going to be a great conversation then. Uh, and Square Enix are now selling stakes in, in some of their studios, which mm -hmm. is interesting. And then we're going to have a little chat about gaming and weapon artifacts that we love. We might do a top five, we may not, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll just have a little um, ramble. Yeah, so Ollie, what have you been playing or watching this week? For these last few weeks, just like, I guess since we went climbing. Hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, since we went climbing. Um, yeah. hmm, what have I been playing and watching? Uh, I guess watching wise, I've been watching um what we do in the shadows, the BBC kind of vampire comedy drama. Oh, are you new to it? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, oh, so, it's how far in are you? So we just got to like the second episode of season two. It's so oh, good, so man. So good. It's Who's your so favorite funny. character? Oh, I love all of them, man. I think I feel like Guillermo is obviously supposed to be like kind of like the fan favorite character. I love. Well, I he's love us. His character. He's the audience in yeah. the show, effectively. His, yeah. his character arc is is so far looking to be so good. But um, in terms of the three main vampires, 
they're all they're all really good. I guess I just really like uh, Kayan Novak. Is that his name? The yeah. actor. Yeah, Nando. Yeah, Nando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so good. But <laughs> I am Nando. Like everything he talks about is like you can tell he used to be like a mega villain, like a really powerful bad guy. Yeah, but also bit of a dickhead. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now he's just kind of like a. <laughs> just a dude kind of thing no he's just an ass like, yeah he's just an asshole just an ass. oh oh my god I, I mean colin robinson is just like the cherry on the top like oh my god man i love his ability he's a what is he a, an energy energy vampire, vampire is just and he just bores people to death at work yeah like, it's, it's so good and just, it's just the face that he makes when like people that everyone around him is bored. Glow. Yeah, yeah yeah and he just got his like <laughs> oh his like his mouth wide open oh it's so well no you, you answered it correctly because the correct answer to who's the best character in that show is nadja by oh yeah no, i mean Nadja's great. Yeah. Right. Absolute fun. Has she met Gregor yet? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Gregor. Gregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole like subplot between Gregor and. Oh my god. So funny. She can't say his name. She calls, she calls him like Geek or Je- something. Jess? Jeep. Jess. Yeah, yeah. Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. God, it's so good. It's, it's so good. Oh, actually, you know what? The bar- the episode where they go out with the Baron in the first season is so oh, that's really good as well. We ate the blood, which had the drugs. Yeah. And now we are on the drugs. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> but um, it's such a good show. And yeah. it's just so well. Like, the thing is, it, it's it's a literal follow-on from the movie. Yeah. Even though it's not, I don't think it's the same actors, is it, from the movie? No, I don't think. It, I don't think it is. No. Because I know Taika Waititi was in or Waititi. Is it Waititi or Waikiki? Waikiki, Waititi? Waikiki. Ta- Taika Waititi. No, it's Waititi. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's Waititi. Check. I'm looking at it on the screen. Now. Yeah, okay, I've loaded up the wiki. Yeah, because um, he's he's one of the writers for the show, and yes. you can really tell. Like it's 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 so I'm so glad you're watching it because it's so funny. Yeah, it's very good. It's very. I'm very, waiting very for the good. next season now as well because I'm I'm hooked on it. Yeah. Have you have you have you watched the episode with the orgy yet? Yes. Oh my <laughs> god, them setting up for the fucking orgy. Oh my god. And it's just so nonchalant. They're just like, this is where we put the dildos. Yeah. <laughs> and also how they talk about the, well, the unspeakable thing when it's like, if you throw a bad orgy, that's like, you're just an outcast. Yeah, that's it. Shame. Yeah, shame. yeah. All, shame, the, shame, all, shame. The, all the bats in the world are just vampires who threw bad orgies and they just choose to never return to human form. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, we're having a very personal conversation here, but with all our thousands of listeners, they're all just eager to hear what else you've been playing and watching this week. We've been talking about what we do in the shadows for a long time. Oh my god. I that's mean, it's a, good, it's it's a, good, a good show. show. Yeah, it's a good show. This, good that's show. what this section is for, man. Just, it is. Yeah. I know, I'm being sarcastic. Um, right. uh, it's late. <laughs> it late. is late. It is late. Um, honestly, just playing a lot of uh, Guilty Gear Strive, I hit Diamond and TFT, so I'm kind of like that the gas pedal is coming off a little bit for TFT because the uh, the new there'll be like a new set that comes out soon where they'll just reshake the meta and add new units and stuff so I'm kind of like waiting until that happens a little bit um weirdly uh I've started getting into Tetris again That's like not a bad but... thing Tetris effect by any chance No 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 so so there's this website called uh tetra.io it's like t e t r.io and it's basically like a free version of Tetris that has like everything it's like the best version of a free like Tetris client I've seen uh it's very clearly made for like people who are very into Tetris like if you go to look if you go pl- play quick play because they've got they've implemented like the um Tetris 99 game mode uh and that's yeah. the quick play uh well, and... the .io um like environment is there's loads of games that are under .io yeah exactly where, like, whole .io came from and yeah. um 
Oh, there's another one as well. It's just like, popular. yeah, it's just a way of showing that it's like it's a web client game that you're going to get into very quickly, kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, I mean, but I mean, it's got a full thing. So you know, they've got all the game modes, all the configs, everything you would need. Like they have like ranked playlists and stuff like that because it's kind of built off of like Tetris Friends, like the old like which is the old like Tetris PvP thing mm -hmm. a long time ago. Uh, but basically, yeah, like if you play the quick play, it's just full of Tetris streamers, and I mean the people who like you know when they have the challenges which are like. Uh, how fast can you clear 40 lines? And yeah. they're the people who do, like, 15 seconds. And that's not well, an exaggeration. It's literally 15 seconds. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think I'm average at Tetris, but I'm, like, like, below average. Like, you watch these people, and it's like, I don't... Because, okay, so I've been playing a lot of 40 lines to try and practice and get better, because I'm trying to, like... I got a new keyboard as well, which is also kind of why, so it's like very satisfying to play. So you're trying to be a pro gamer. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah, yeah. Um, But, so, my I got my time down to, like one minute and 15 seconds was like my highest thing and that was like intense to get that and i was like holy shit and then i watched the replays of the people who were playing and they got like 15 seconds and i i literally do not understand like from a human perspective like it feels like they are doing more inputs than should be humanly possible but then i watched a it's hand cam and i was like it's the same as when you watch someone play like starcraft 2 oh like, yeah pro level yeah, like they're doing things that I didn't even know existed. It's it's fucking it's... crazy, man. Like just the, like, the... I, I, so so a few years ago, I got really into Tetris Effect and yes. like really into that game because that game is zen as fuck. Oh, it's like, a great game, yeah, yeah. Especially the first level, the uh, I'm I'm yours, I think is the name of the yes. song. Yeah, I can just play that over and over and over again. I love that level. Mm. But it does get really stressful when you get to the bits where like the people are chanting. And the oh yeah, up, yeah. Like... <laughs> it's like level seventy. Is yeah, it gets like the speed gets like insane as well. Yeah, I don't like it at that point. Yeah, but... so it's, it's super cool. Yeah, so I've started playing Tetris again, just trying to like cool. learn like a different control scheme, which means that you have like the rotation keys on different buttons, and yeah, instead yeah. of just using one rotation thing, and also learning how to do like T spins and stuff like yeah. that. So trying to go to the like get to the, like the next level basically of Tetris play because I really enjoy that game. But um, that's kind. I guess that's kind of just been because I have a gap now where I'm not really playing that many. Like there's no like new single player game for me to play that I've like sunk my teeth into. Like I'm I'm just well, going back to that my windows. Usuals. Yeah, that gap just coming up to Gamescom. Yeah, exactly. What's it's just kind of, about to get announced. It's just kind of like I've I'm yeah, and then like you know like I'm playing like uh, oh uh, I played um. I can talk about that mobile game, the Netflix. Actually, it's, this is going to tie in nicely to the Netflix stuff. So actually, maybe I'll save it for when we talk about that. But yeah, yeah save it, save what it. have you? Uh, what have you been playing and watching? Uh, so believe it or not, we went back into Sea of Thieves because um, there's been a new big, big patch. You know how every now and again a game gets like a Jesus patch where it sort of resurrects it. Yes. And they do like loads of quality of life changes, and they just make the game more enjoyable for everyone. Yeah. That's what has just happened in Sea of Thieves. They've just had a patch where. Uh, so I'm going to your. That's all right. It's 10 PM. Every week. Yep, it is late. Um, so they've added a patch where, like, you know, you've played Sea of Thieves. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know when you're handing in loot, it takes, like, a lot of effort to keep running up and down the pier and taking it to the individual things? Yes. They've now added a, a new pier with a lift on it where you can harpoon all the loot to the top of the lift, and then you drop the lift down and you're standing in front of one NPC to hand all the loot in. Yeah. So what usually takes about 15 minutes now takes, like, 30 seconds. Oh, so that's pretty. That, that's that's a big change. They've also added a ton of live events. Like there's all kinds of stuff going off across the map. They've added these sea forts, which are kind of okay. They're like mini, uh, normal forts, but they're, they're like little mini raids, but very very mini. Um, and there's there's just always something happening on the map to go and do. And they've also just made all the quests like easier to play. But the big change is they finally added ship customization that's permanent, so you can like name your ship now, 
the little thing above the door actually has the ship's name on it, and your ship has its own personal progression track. That's very so cool. Like, which is very cool. And like you, you've got like a ship logbook where you can look at every every journey you've had with people, and it shows you who you sailed with, how much money you made, like uh, who you encountered, whether you sunk or whether you sunk them. It, it's super cool. Like they, they it, it feels like the it, so Sea of Thieves is now what No Man's Sky was trying to be a couple of years ago before that got its Jesus patch as well. Mm. And, you know, these live service games take a long time to sort of get to the right level. And and weirdly enough, a similar thing has happened in No Man's Sky, which is the other game I'm playing. Um, they've just had a massive patch where they've added, like, a ton of usability functions. Um, they've just made the game far more interesting and easy to play yeah, in every like, single step of the way. Like, they've fixed a lot of the problems with it and made it more fun. Like, lowered the barrier to entry, kind of, like, being yeah, more and, accessible, yeah. Quality and they've also added the, yeah. the, the multiplayer functionality properly, so the yeah. multiplayer works perfectly now. Well, not perfectly, it's a bit janky, but... I heard, I um, heard um, the No Man's Sky update's been really, really good. It's insane. It's yeah. so good. So, yeah. so good. Like, I've put... Uh, like 30 hours in, 30 hours into it since the game came out last week mm. and I've been playing it on so the, 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 again I'm going to talk about the Xbox Game Pass because it is the hallowed thing of course, um, of course. but it's free on the Game Pass I'm playing it on my laptop at work at lunch via uh, X Cloud I think it's called yep. which is included in my premium pass which I'm getting for like £3 a month because I'm getting a, a specific deal with uh, I think my phone company yeah think is what i get it from but anyway I'm, get, I'm getting it for like three pound a month i'm getting all these games and i'm playing it streamed at work and the streaming is flawless like it's brilliant yeah so loving it like really really happy with that so i've been playing those games um usual bit of overwatch here and there mm-hmm. um what else i've been playing oh dragon age origins there's a weird one um because oh, was... again it's on the game pass but it's also three pounds if you buy it i think uh is, I ahead. remember hearing something about Dragon Age. Maybe it was that it was coming to Games Pass or something like that. Not Origin, sorry, Inquisition. Oh, okay, Inquisition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like three pounds to buy it, or you can pay five pounds and get the full DLC edition. So I thought, I mean, five pounds is nothing. So I, yeah. I bought it and I'm, I'm enjoying that. Uh, bought all the Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, uh, I've got GTA Five. I've been playing a bit of that. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, there's a long list. Like it goes on. I've been playing. Um, what I've been playing on my Switch. Uh, all the, so Final Fantasy eight and nine got those Panzer Dragoon, which was like a pound last week, so I bought that. Been playing loads of emulated games, and, and someone that I'm seeing at the moment um, came to my place the other week, and he saw that I had an emulator, and he went, "Oh, can I have a look at this?" And he, he used to be a game when he was a kid. Loaded it up, and he was like, "Do you have a game that's got big pink pigs in it on the PlayStation?" I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And he says, <laughs> "Big pink pigs that you ride and throw at things." And I went, "You talking about Tomby?" And he was like. Maybe so. I loaded it up and it made this one sound, and <coughs> his eyes just lit up. And I was Aww. like, "Okay, so he sat and played that, which is kind of cute." Yeah. Um. So I've been playing some emulator stuff. Um. A little bit. Of, I've, I've been playing bits of everything. Like it's it's all over the place. Mm. And then uh, watching Lost. Are you rewatching <laughs> it? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm nearly at the end of season one. Um. I forget sometimes. Like, I mean, it's my all-time favorite show still by far yeah but i forget some of the bits in that show were a bit like like boone for example is just useless yeah he has no function in that show whatsoever he could have been in it or not been in it and there was no reason for him to be there mm. uh but i love it i love the show and i'm really enjoying the the kind of this i forgot as well about all the different mysteries and secrets that keep getting rev- like asked but yeah never get answered oh god <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I could go on for hours about what I've been playing and watching because I've been playing quite a lot for the past few weeks. Because um, in between, I've, I've been doing doing a lot of like late work uh, meetings. Mm. So usually, while I'm either waiting for the meetings to kick off, or if I'm just in them as like a 
like I just need to be present. I'm sitting there probably playing something on the Xbox or something at the same time. I mean, yeah, that's a good um, way to yeah. chill, right? Like, but yeah, so that's been my playing and watching for the week. I mean, there has been more, but I, I don't need to go through oh, that. It's so. fine. It's fine. Like, I've watched a few movies as well, but it's whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I mean, the, the big first point talking point is that Netflix are ramping up to be a serious player in the games industry. Yes. Uh, which is something they announced. So I put a link in the in the document as well if you want to take a look at yeah, it. It's so the FT- yeah, it's on the FT. Yeah, it's on the FT, but I can't. Oh no, wait. Now I can see the article. When I was clicking yeah, on it before, be I couldn't open the article. Right, it should um, take you and talk, it talks about like all the bits and pieces that they're investing tons of money into gaming because yeah. apparently their gaming service is doing really really well. Yeah, I heard that. Like, well, I saw I saw one thing which was like, what's it? Like one percent of their subscriber base uses the yeah. game thing, but that's still like one point seven million users, <laughs> it's right? Still a lot of it's one point seven million daily users. Yeah, yeah which is crazy. So it's one percent of the uh, subscriber engagement figure seems low. Uh, it still amounts to 1.7 million alien users because they're um, the company remains cagey about its overall strategy. But research company Aptopia says Netflix games have been downloaded 23.3 million times, mm. which I mean that's fine. That's a lot. Yeah. So I've I've actually played two games that was on the Netflix uh, thing. So I didn't realize that they've been doing this for a while. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, one of the recent ones they released. I don't know if I, I don't know if I talked about it last. You did. Episode. Did, did I talk about last episode? Yeah, you talked about um, Into the Breach. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. so I have another one to talk about. So uh, okay. I was yeah. So, so I was playing Into the Breach, which um, yeah. So it, obviously this game came out a while ago, but this is the mobile version of it with the like advanced edition patch, and it's really really good. Like great mobile game, great yeah. game to play, just like on the move. I'm, like, I'm told it's game. like the ultimate edition. Like it's the best way to play it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like it's so good. Like the touch controls are really good. Like it's just a really great like brain teaser kind of game, uh, for the tube. So yeah, that I would highly recommend that. Um, so the other game which I think is exclusive to Netflix is um, it's a game called Point P, uh, and it was made by uh the people who made Downwell. I think it's just one guy. Well, I think there was a team of, like, five people who made Point Is that the one where you have to feed a monster? Is it that Yes, so there's, like, a monster that's at the bottom of the screen, and it plays kind of... It looks very much like Doodle Jump, and the way it plays is that you basically... You're a... I don't even know what you are, like a dragon thing. But basically, you you, you talk about it. You, you like, drag... You're always going up vertically, um, and you jump by dragging and, like, propelling yourself, kind of like a catapult or, like, Angry Birds... Um, and to go up. But the idea is that you basically have to collect these fruit before you touch the ground, and when you touch the ground, you slam into it, and you combine all the fruit together to make juice to feed this monster yeah. at the bottom. Um, it sounds really weird, and it's like a really well, weird it's Devolver, concept. isn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah, so it's published by yeah, Devolver yeah. as well. Um, it's a really good game. Uh, it's like a, it was the ga- my mobile game of choice until I finished the game because it has an end as well. There is an endless mode you unlock after you finish the game, but I think like my time with it was more than enough to like satiate me. But yeah, really satisfying game to play on mobile. Um, surprised that it yeah, and it was just like I guess if Netflix start releasing more games that are like this, then that'd be great. The only mm. different the only thing is is like I feel like. I mean, you can also chime in, like, with your opinion here, but, like, I feel like the people who watch Netflix, are they the types of people who are looking for small games like this? Or do you feel like they, they're, I mean, like, I guess this article says that Netflix are looking to leverage their IPs mm. uh, into mobile games. But, yeah, I, I know there's the Stranger Things mobile game, which I've heard is pretty... Which is very good. Yeah, very I heard good. it's pretty good. 
I, again, I haven't watched Stranger Things yet. There's two of them, actually. There's two mobile games. Yeah, I, I haven't watched it yet, so I have no affinity for the for the games. But, you know, like, I'm seeing here that they're going to make, like, a money heist mobile game. Or, like, a yeah. video game. So I don't know. This is the other thing. Is like, is that going to be, like, a mobile game exclusively? Or is it just going to be a, a Netflix video game? I guess it has to be a mobile game. Yeah, it's going to be a mobile game, but I think they're exclusive to Netflix is where they're sort of making their angle. Mm. Um, on your question about um, whether people want like smaller games or bigger games, I think the Netflix audience are the ones that want the smaller games. Okay. They just want whatever the universe is that they're enjoying in Netflix to be spread out to be something that they can probably do like daily tasks in, mm. I feel. like the, So the Stranger Things one, for example, is people just want to spend some more time in Hawkins. Yeah. Um, and with Money Heist, I would imagine people just want to interact with those characters. Like, it does seem that we're sort of approaching the area of the dating sim, mm. where everyone just wants to, like, take the characters from the game that they're playing and then go and date them in some way. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's what the Netflix audience is, but it, it feels the same sort of setup. Yeah. Like, pe- people just want more of that. I guess if it right. fulfills, yeah, like, yeah, like exactly what you're saying. Like, if the games that they're making are almost like an addition to the universes of these yeah. series that they like, right? Like, I guess it's almost like extra lore or whatever. You know what I mean? I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's, it's like metaversing, effectively. Like, you're going back into the universe, but you're not... In fact, perfect example is how um, The Walking Dead presents their entire media catalogue. Mm. So the, the stuff that's going on in the game is in the same world as the stuff that's going in the comic, but it's taking place at different times in the same location. Yeah. So like, in, in the game, the barn has... One if one key event, whereas in the TV series, the barn has a very different key event. Yeah, with a different group of people. It's, it's that kind of thing where they're giving you access to that universe, but different things are happening in the same space. Yeah, which I think is cool. Like I think that's a really cool way of presenting content to people as well. Mm. It's, it's one of the things that I really wanted with Final Fantasy VII is when they said, "Oh, we're going to create like a full series of new games for Final Fantasy VII." I was like, "Cool, that universe is amazing. Like I want to go back to that." The way that they've handled it is not as not as much as I wanted them to do, but whatever. Like I, I can't be too fussy. Um, but it's interesting to see what Netflix are doing because they've also obviously lost a ton of subscribers, which again, now that we've seen the numbers, doesn't really seem like it's hurting them that much. Yeah. But they've still lost subscribers, and to recover from that, they need to do something pretty special. And it's looking at that idea of the Game Pass and seeing which company is going to be the one that takes on uh, Microsoft because Sony are trying, and I don't think they're doing particularly well. No, still no one's talked about not. their service. Um, but we were actually having a conversation like this the other day in one of the community groups that I'm in. People are saying, oh, I think you talk about the, the Game Pass way too much. And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe I do, but it is the best service out there. And, I mean, and they, were, they, they, they were saying that they feel like the Xbox Game Pass isn't value for money. It doesn't have much content. And I said, no, you've been using it since it started. So you've gone through the content. For a new user, it's fantastic. And yeah. even, as a, even as an existing user, there is a ton of content on there. What's happening now is it's sitting in its lull. Yes. So it's sitting on its throne and just enjoying the era of peace before all the other competitors come in with like yeah, it's like catching up, right? Yeah, with better versions because it's the same with any part of tech. Like one company rises and then a thousand catch it up. Yeah, and we're now in that great era where well, I wouldn't say great era because there's a ton of other problems in the world. About Game Pass, <laughs> but... <laughs> We've got Game Pass, thank God. Yeah, Game Pass and Waitrose. That's all I need. It's um, a Games Pass and Waitrose. Yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> Shut up, Ollie. <laughs> Don't judge me. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, it, it's interesting to see the Netflix are ramping up, but yeah, on the I, I guess, to that... There's a, sorry, ahead. just as another thing, I, as I'm reading through the article, is that they said that um, they are porting, I guess they're porting Before Your Eyes, which is an indie game, to mm-hmm. um, uh, mobile, which is a fantastic game, but 
that's going to be with Netflix as well. I didn't realize they were yeah. doing that. That's very cool. Um, but yeah, well, I again, I feel like it's the way that Microsoft did it as well. They've sort of they've they've secretly claimed exclusivity mm. without actually getting the exclusivity. Instead of making it exclusive, they've just made it really the only option. Yeah. Like you know, you can get this for a stupidly cheap monthly price, or you can pay fifty quid for it on on the opposing platform. Yeah, it's, that that's how it feels that they've kind of angled us. It's quite clever actually, but it's I don't know, mm. it's whatever. But on the counter side to that is the other point that we've got in the same box, which is that Ubisoft are looking to sell majority shares to Tencent, uh, which is interesting. What do you think of this? I mean, you know, like. <sighs> I feel like Tencent already own so many things. I mean, Everything. obviously Monopoly bad. I think it's not a you know controversial thing to say that. But mm. I mean, yeah, I guess there hasn't really been a thing that Ubisoft has released recently which is like knocking it out of the park, right? Like, what was the no. last Ubisoft thing that you can remember? Like, I, I, like that rollerblading game that was terrible. Yeah, and then um... that, that was that like, dodgeball game, right? Yeah, exactly. So they did dodgeball, they did rollerblading, they did that bike game where it was like downhill biking, but like an open world steep? thing. No, steep was like before the steep was snowboarding. Yeah. Um, no, there was a biking one that came out. I think this year or late last year. Mm. Uh, and it was called like it, I think it was called something like downhill or some shit like that. But it 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 was frighteningly boring and yeah. average. Um, and then obviously they've got their Just Dance franchise, which which prints money. Um, but Ubisoft in the last, I would say, five or so years, maybe longer, have been circling the drain, I think. Yeah. Um, because all of their leads are not interested anymore, because you've got Yves Guillermo at the top, who's constantly in trouble for being a perv. Um, and, and I don't know if you know how Ubisoft is handled, but most of his family operate each division of the company. Oh, really? I didn't realize it's all it was like a his nephews and cousins and things. It's oh, really odd. That's gross. Yeah, which is really gross. So I, I don't know if that's still the case now, but that definitely was the case five years ago. Um, but they sort of just fell into obscurity, and I do definitely think it's time for Ubisoft to just step down now. I think they're done. Yeah. Um, because also the age is gone of like going to big conventions and stuff, and I'm not sure if we're going to get that back. And Ubisoft were always like one of the big presences because you always had Ubisoft, Blizzard, EA, um, and Microsoft, and they were like your four big and Sony as well, obviously. Sorry, and that they were your four and five biggest presences at, at all the big shows. Yeah, and none of them are there anymore. Oh, Nintendo, sorry as well. I forgot Nintendo, um, but none of them are there anymore. <laughs> hmm. So, I mean, Gamescom's going to be interesting this year. I want to see who's actually going to turn up. Uh, but it's going to be one of the first times I'm not going to Gamescom in a very long time since before the pandemic. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because I don't know. Like, also, I don't know if you saw as well. Uh, Ubisoft um, spoke about Beyond Good and Evil too. Um, oh, saying that it, it was it's still in production. Yeah, I forgot about they that. They also mentioned Skull and Bones. Sorry, so much stuff. They also mentioned Skull and Bones as well. They've now released gameplay of it, and it just looks absolute shite. Yeah, like, I mean, so shite. It sounded like from internal leaks as well that people were already yeah. like, yeah, this game's dead. Well, what I read was that they couldn't maintain a, a development team for anywhere near long enough to actually get the game to develop. Like, every time they built a team up, half the team would leave. Which is impossible. I mean, you, you work in game development. You know yeah. that you can't... You can't sustain like that. that, yeah. No, it's impossible. So what? People uh, will just leave? Like, yeah, because oh, it well. it's not yeah. a nice company to work for. Yeah, and then, and then with Beyond Good and Evil 2, they said the game is still in development, but it's been massively de-scoped uh, because they've realised that what they were planning for it to be and what they wanted it to be is just not possible. Well, it's like, it's, like it, they don't want to be another cyberpunk, I guess. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it's too big, too overpromised, and and I'll be honest, like what they were actually aiming at, because the original game was like this super chill, yeah, lovely adventure. Like, yeah, I played really... it. I played it yeah. in the lockdown, and it was and it was great, pretty decent. Yeah, it was yeah. like you know, for a, what was it? Was it a PS2 game? Uh, yes, like, early PS2, PS2 game, right? Yeah, I think it was, it was pretty PS2, decent. Yeah, like yeah. Um, but the problem is, is the sequel is all like swearing and edgy, and and it's like, oh, for God's sake! Like, yeah. Not everything needs to be swearing and edgy. Like it can be the same as the original. That's fine. But it's it's what. But apparently, it's, it's not at all what they've been announcing, and it's going down to its like bare minimum now. So. Yeah, I mean, it should just if they're going to make a sequel, it should just be a. A sequel. Yeah, like. Not what they did with um. If you remember, Conquer ba- Conquer's Bad Third Day. Oh God. <laughs> It was like, oh, we love Banjo Kazooie. It's more of that. Oh no, it's not. It's... I mean, obviously, if you play Bonk Conker Bonkers Conker's Bad Cad- Fur Day, Bonkers Cad Fur Day, yeah, Bonkers Cad Fur Day. Now, yeah. oh, it really has not aged well. No, it's terrible. at all. It's, it's, it's a fucking it's terrible. Yeah, it's a terrible game. But yeah. back then, when it came out, I quite enjoyed it. Nope, I quite absolutely one hundred percent disagree. I hated that I, game. I mean, as an edgy British young. Young guy, I kind kind of enjoy that game. I bought, I I even played the Xbox Reloaded version, and the multiplayer in that was pretty pretty good. It so, was all right. I played Banjo Kazooie, and my eyes were opened as a little boy to jigsaw pieces and Jinjos and all the all the things that were wonderful in that game. And Mumbo Jumbo loved it. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. It was really innocent. Banjo Tooie came out. It wasn't as good, but it was still okay. And I was like, okay, fine. And then they were like. Banjo Kazooie was it was fine, but yeah. the, the, again, loads of features that never made it. Do you know about the stop and swap feature? Yeah, oh, I lo- dude, that <laughs> was like, oh mate, I could talk for fucking ages about stop and swap. I, that it, was it, like, it never made it. It never made it to the game. Yeah, that was like one of the first like myths, I yeah. guess, of like games. I fucking and the crystal loved key. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. So uh, sick. As uh, dude, as a kid, like that was like one of the like. It was almost like the well, I guess it like it felt like one of the first things was like the meta thing, right? Of like you know, well, that that was the Lara Croft nude cheat of Nintendo. Oh yeah, the Lara, yeah. Croft, the Lara Croft nude cheat were like was was years of people's lives trying to get that to work. But it had like, but it had like stuff built in, as in like you know, like they had the yeah. functionality there, like you know, like you said, the crystal key and stuff, right? And yeah. the codes and stuff, and yeah. Oh man, like it was. I guess it added to the whole like mystery element of the game. What? Do you like, remember what it was supposed to do? Like it, it, the the function of it was supposed to be that you could take the cartridge out and put another one in. Yes, it was like but, you loaded some memory onto yeah. kind of like how Vibribbon works, yeah. right? So like you loaded some. Is that how Vibribbon st- works? Is it? Am I thinking Vibribbon is the game Vib- where you Vibribbon put... is the two D game where you put a music CD in and it makes a level off the music CD. Yeah. So but but you need the original Vibribbon CD to launch the game, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So similar to how that works. So you know, like when you loaded cartridge, it keeps a memory on the console, not on in the cartridge, right? So you would. You no, know, I never in... thought of that being how that worked, but that is exactly how that works. Obviously, that's how that works. Yeah, yeah. So so it's in exactly... my head, that was magic. Yeah. So it's how Vib- <laughs> Vibribbon works, right? So. Like, like it would lo- so you'd load in Banjo Kazooie, you'd set up the stop and swap thing, mm-hmm. then you take out the cartridge, and then you put in Banjo Tooie, and then because of the sort of data that was set from the pre from Banjo Kazooie, it would alter the properties of Banjo Tooie, right? Yeah. Um, which is what smart what idea. The main there? What was the main blocker? I forget. I. F- it's, it's it's really simple. What the oh, okay. Was. You you tell me because I was going to give you a technical answer, but oh, yeah. the N sixty four doesn't have any onboard memory at all. Ah. Uh, it had none. It had like um, 
the exact amount of memory needed to run like the basics for the, the OS. Oh yeah, I guess it didn't the, have yeah. anything extra. Yeah. But that was it, it had no space for anything else. So what they technically wanted to do wasn't possible. Yeah. Until the 64 megabyte expansion pack came yes. out. Which then made it possible, but mm-hmm. they just didn't bother developing it because it was too complicated. Yeah. Oh, such a cool idea though. It's very, very it was cool, cool but it's the same as Sonic and Knuckles, isn't it? Like, I oh, guess. you can. Do you, do you remember that where you can plug your yeah. Sonic Three cartridge, Sonic and Knuckles? Yeah, in, into it, right? Like on top. Yeah, right? yeah. You had like a big gap in the top of it, and you put the cartridge, and you had this massive, like, behemoth yeah. thing sticking at the top of your console. I mean, I mean and all back... it did was allow you to play as Knuckles in Sonic Three. I mean, back then that was like fucking magic, right? Like it that's like DLC, DLC before DLC. Yeah, like... but then you, when you look back and you think, wow, that was really over the top and convoluted yeah of course right yeah but what is essentially dlc yeah for the time right yeah but i think it's fucking cool like you know like it was magical as a kid right i remember as a kid on n64 like i remember reading in the magazine it never came out in the west but there's a game called hey you pikachu where yes i had a copy of it a weird copy of it did you with the microphone yeah yeah yeah. you could talk to pikachu and stuff like that and dude as a kid that blew my fucking mind man i got like a dodgy version of it from turkey uh it it, it was it was just a copy of the japanese cartridge so it was in japanese yeah but i had a it came with like a really shit like obviously not on a not a legit microphone yeah it still worked it was fine but it was just in Japanese, so you have to be like, Ni hao, Pikachu! Oh my god. And it never understood you, and it would just, like, yeah. growl at you. Dude, <laughs> I remember as a kid, like, reading that in the magazine, and then asking my parents for that game for Christmas, and, like, you know, doing the whole, like, writing the letter to Santa. Yeah, yeah. My poor parents probably tried to, my poor dad probably tried to find this game, and was like, what the fuck is this game, kind of thing. Because I remember as a kid waking up that morning, like, the Christmas morning, and I got a chess set instead, and I was Oof. I was pissed. At least get you a shit N sixty four game or something. I know, I know. Really I mean, I already had I, I had I had a, had a lot, and I think my dad was like, "You should play not video games." Yeah, you should play <laughs> chess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I did play a lot of chess after that with my dad, and that was oh, quite it's a useful but... skill to have chess because yeah. you lateral thinking skills and whatnot. Exactly. That's a good game. Um, it's the oldest, no, no, you, the oldest you... try hard game. Did you ever have a friend, or did you yourself own a Dreamcast? Uh, my cousin had a Dreamcast. Yeah. Do you remember the memory cards for those? No. I so the, mem- the memory cards were called they were called VMUs, okay. which were v- visual memory units, which had little screens on. Did they go and in the controller? They went in the controller. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the same as the N64 memory cards. They yeah. also went into other controllers, which people don't seem to remember. By the way, people forget that all the tech went in the back of the controller in the N64. Yeah, sick. Um, pack. But I digress. Um, the, the rumble pack was in there as well. Yes. Because yeah. um, again, that was that was in the age when controllers didn't vibrate. Yeah. Now it's like that's it's unthinkable. Yeah. But back then it's like, oh no, you have to plug this big, like, chunky back. Yeah. Yeah. Like a big thing. Industrial, like, turns into like a power drill. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes the controller weigh about two kilos. Fucking crazy, man. <laughs> Getting massive arms. Uh, but no, you, you, you would have this thing called a VM. I've just pulled a white hair out of my beard. That's really freaked me out. I don't like that. Uh oh. Getting old. I'm dying. Um, no, you had this thing called the VMU. Yeah, the t- time is passing very quickly. It's late. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably quicker. I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, you had this thing called a VMU, which you could plug into your controller, and it was the memory card for the system. But some games use the VMU like a Tamagotchi. Yeah. So like the the one that stood out was Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, where yeah. you'd capture a Chow in the game, and then you'd download the Chow onto the controller or upload it. Upload, download. Yeah. Say download. Uh, we'd download the the chow onto the the little memory stick thing, and you just use it like a tamagotchi. So you'd like train it, you'd walk it, you'd interact with it, feed it, and whatever. Then you'd upload it back to the system, and it's gained like power ups and stats and whatever. It's brilliant. 
absolutely brilliant. But it was so expensive to have this like setup because the VMU itself cost so much money. You only ever had one. You never had two memory cards for that system. Yeah. Oh but uh, I feel like an old man today. I'm like talking about like times gone by and Dreamcast and whatnot. Oh man, what these? I mean, old dude. Like that's when tech was magical, man. God, I mean, we'll get into it. I'm sure with the with our last topic of gaming weapons and stuff like that. But yeah. Well, that, so that's more of talking about in-game. But if you want to take it out of game, that's fine. You can talk about like the gun con or whatever if you really want to take it that far. I mean, <laughs> I'll explain when we get there. I'm, I'm going somewhere with it. Don't worry. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay. but I mean, on those subjects, we've also kind of touched on it a little bit. We've got Gamescom coming up in mm. the next few weeks. Um, what do you think we're going to see? What do you think is going to be the big announcement? God, like, I what? mean, I feel like we're in the we're really feeling the COVID drought, right? Of like games. Yeah. Like I very I don't even know like if you ask me what games are you excited for it's like i don't really have anything like if you ask me what was coming out i don't even really know i guess like the next game is like project l but that's like a riot fighting game that's not coming out till like next year so like and that's also going to be free to play so i'm like oh Hmm. i don't even know what's coming out i guess um the new god of war i guess that's like kind of it yeah i think that's gonna be a big one yeah like um, I'm struggling a little bit because again, I was kind of hoping you'd give me like something to start from here. Dude, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, what was something? Let's let's see. Gamescom 2022 games. That's how, that's how well, I'm thinking like Sonic Frontiers will be a big one. Oh, um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, Sonic Frontiers will be one. <laughs> yeah, it's like it'll be, be a game. Uh, and Microsoft are apparently turning up to the show as well, so they're they're going to have something to announce because I do feel like Microsoft have been holding back on announcing a big title for a long time. Mm. So I think Microsoft's going to have something big, uh, which might be uh, to me. I'm thinking something Forza, because um, they haven't uh, they haven't talked about Forza in a while. I think we're going to see some stuff about Starfield as well from Bethesda because that's coming out soon. Oh yeah. Um, potentially we're going to be seeing Breath of the Wild too, because I mean it oh. is time. It's time. Would they show um, that off at Gamescom though? Well, Nintendo have always had a presence at Game to- at Gamescom. I mean, mm. I've I've been to loads of them and they've always had like half a hall okay so they, they do like being at gamescom like because it's it's a more free environment it's not like e3 where it's just a press conference yeah gamescom is for the fans like it's filled with fans uh and it smells really bad um... <laughs> <laughs> oh assassin's creed um the the live of infinite infinity i think will be one that we see something about from ubisoft as well unless they sold that mm. <laughs> Uh, that's probably coming. Uh, we'll probably see that, and I think maybe Blizzard will show off that um, uh, adventure game they were talking about—the one that they yeah. announced like a year or two ago. I think we might see something along those lines. But then again, Blizzard have BlizzCon, but they haven't announced BlizzCon this year. I think they cancelled it this year. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe they'll reveal more about the new Tekken game. Because I oh remember... yes, they just announced Tekken Six, didn't they? Tekken Eight. Yeah. Tekken 8? Yeah, oh, I don't know. Cr- yeah, oh, crazy. of course, I've just bought Tekken 7, so it must be Tekken 8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess... Uh, oh, that's one thing I guess I could talk a little bit about. Evo happened uh, last weekend, the big fighting game tournament where all the fighting games happened, uh, which was fucking great, because it's the first time... It's uh, the first in-person Evo since um, uh, COVID. So it was great seeing everybody back in and having that live competition again. Um, and yeah, it was a great thing to watch. But they announced, um, well, they teased Tekken Eight. Did you see? Did you see what the teaser looked like? 
No. Okay, so basically, after the Tekken 7 Grand Finals, they showed off, like, basically they announced, like, they gave, like, a trailer of, like, oh, they're doing a Tekken 7 free battle update, or whatever, which looked very bare-bones and boring, and people were like, oh, is this it? Whatever. And they announced, like, the new Tekken World series, as like, oh, whatever, you know, fucking sleeper time, whatever. And then, like, they sh- they cut to, you know the old, like, PS1 uh, cutscene? Like, the ending, I think it's Tekken 2, sorry, uh, ending of Kazuya throwing Heihachi off the cliff, and then he looks at the fa- he looks into the camera all weird and gives a smile. Yeah. Yeah, so basically they played that that cutscene, and then the end when okay. Kazuya smiles at the camera, it then cuts to, like, a super HD, Unreal Engine version of Kazuya smiling at the camera, and it just says, get ready. So I'm assuming that means that they're going to announce something soon for Tekken 8. So and uh, I saw Jeff Keighley also post something on Twitter about it. So I think that's what might be happening at the at Gamescom. Hopefully, fingers crossed. News about Tekken yeah, 8. That'd be yeah, cool. I think that, that, that's a good call. But yeah. again, we haven't got like Smash Brothers or anything, so there's not really much going on. Yeah, there's the, 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 again like we're feeling the the, the COVID drought. It's the drought. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, like, there's um, not really that much. I mean, I'm reading a few articles here, and the big predictions are things like a uh, big announcement for the Oculus Quest 2, like big games, mm. uh, Fable, Elder Scrolls 6, um, and... Hopefully what? a butt-ton of cool indie games. That's all I can pray for. So something... Oh, Doka V is another one as well. Do you remember Doka V? Oh, God, yeah. That Fucking... bonkers Korean game that looked mental. That looks really cool, but then I look at the player models, and I'm like, they look too much like children. It, it's like, yeah, it's cool, but children. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, know, yeah exactly. Think, yeah, yeah. Cool game, children. I think what we'll definitely have to do, because game, Gamescom is taking place while I'm away. Yes. Uh, we'll definitely have to do a, as soon as I get back, we'll do a new pod. And yeah, we'll, we'll do a roundup. Of yeah, we'll talk about else. the, we'll, we'll, I think we'll do like a recap show. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I honestly don't know what to expect this year, because the games industry is in such a weird state. So Yeah, I think we'll we are we'll definitely see. seeing some changes. I do think we're coming to the point where there's just, from the... You know, I know it's always been a thing that's coming, or always been a thing that's happening, but just bigger companies now investing so much more into mobile games. Um, you know, like yeah, because um, it's an easy way to make a ton of money. Yeah, like you look at you look at like basically what Genshin has shown what mobile games can be and yeah. what they can do. Even the new game from from uh, Hoyoverse, I think that's what they're called. Um, now, uh, yeah, from Hoyoverse, like uh, Zenless Zone Zero. Like looking at it, it looks so good like fidelity wise it's like what the fuck but then thinking about it that the fact that it's just a mobile game it makes me a well as in like i hope it's like got a little bit more mechanical depth um i mean genshin already pushed the boundaries of like mechanical depth for a mobile game but you know we'll see if this game is also like that because the setting is also closer to what i would want from a game um but yeah i'll probably try it out when it comes out but they showed some mm-hmm. gameplay off before and the combat animations are so good i don't understand how hoyo the team of hoyoverse are so good at animating characters but fucking hell man it looks so cool just i'm googling hoyoverse now because i don't think i've yeah. seen this Z- uh, the game is called zenless zone zero which is a weird name Hoyo-verse. for a game zenless it just if you look at it Hoyo-verse. it just looks like anime game but if you just look at the the like combat in it like I mean, i'm just looking at the lo- oh okay all right yeah yeah, it it just looks like generic anime game, but it looks like it's set in like weird cyberpunk e kind of unit. Well, not cyberpunky, but kind of like um, more modern tech kind of thing setting, rather than like Genshin's like fantasy thing. Um, but yeah, like I am 
Okay, I've just watched the trailer and there's no way... Okay, well, that's too loud. Wow. Um, oh, fuck, the, the website's playing really loud music. I'm, I'm away, I'm gone, I'm dead. Yes. It's taking me out. So, Splatoon 3 Direct was the next point. Yeah. Um, I watched it well, I watched it live today. Um, it's pretty much Splatoon 2. Uh, it looks interesting. Like, it looks cool. I, I, I kept waiting for them to announce microtransactions, but it never happened. Huh. It looks like the only change that these they've moved towards, like, a Battle Pass setup without actually charging for the Battle Pass. Right, okay. But as we know, that could change at any, any moment with any game that gets announced, because it's like, hey, here's our cool new system. And then just before launch, they're like, oh, by the way, this this will be a paid system, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, it looks cool. Like, the game has... Definitely step forward in terms of its storytelling. I don't know. Did you play much of Splatoon two or? What? I played uh, Splatoon two was my first Splatoon game, um, and I played people, I about think. twenty hours of it. Like I played a lot of the single player, and then played some multiplayer here and there. Um, it was fun. I took it very casually. I didn't take it like mega seriously, and it that's, was like a that's fun. How you're supposed to take? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was... I think I don't think you're supposed to take it seriously at all. It was cool. I think the thing is, is like uh, for me, I'm you know me, I'm more of a dirty tryhard kind of person. So it's like yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I could just go play Valorant or CS:GO or something like that. But I mean, as a console shooter, it was pretty fun. Well, but... that's the thing is, Splatoon is the game designed for people that want to play a shooter but don't want to be as competitive as people in shooters. Yes. Like it's, it's you know the, the game is painting the floor, not killing people, but you can kill people if you want to. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think def- Sorry. definitely when it first came out, it was I could see massively why you know the appeal of the game kind of thing. But yeah, I guess it's now interesting to see it how it's turning out and where it's going. You know, because mm. now obviously people who play Splatoon are probably really fucking good at it. So yeah, yeah, it's got, it's got a massive following as well. Like people love it, and and narratively, like it looks like it's gone somewhere quite cool. Like I I put well over a thousand hours into the first into the second game. Sorry, um, I played the expansion. Like I played most of the single player content. I did give up near the end of the expansion though because it got a bit boring. Yeah, uh, but the the multiplayer is is just so much fun. Like yeah. so so much fun. And their live events I think are brilliant. They do. Do you know how the live events work? The Splatfests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do the thing where you pick a team, right, and then you, yeah. whoever's winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is essentially two colours. So, like, the uh, good example was they did ketchup versus mayonnaise. So yeah, uh, one team is shooting like ketchup, the other team is shooting mayonnaise. Yeah. Obviously, how that looks to grown-ups doesn't look the same as how it may look to kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember people yeah. being like, "It's cool, this man." This isn't ketchup or mayonnaise. This is something else. Yeah, <laughs> blood and another bodily fluid. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so the big difference now is that the Splatfests are going to be three-play, so three-way. Oh, so interesting. You're going to have okay. three colours on the screen, which is like. Uh, I think what was the first? What was the one they announced? They announced uh, rock paper scissors is the first Splat first. So wait, are you so team rock, it's... are you team paper or are you team scissors? So is it going to be like four v four v four? I think it's two v two v three. I think it was what they said. Two v two v three. Yeah, it's a weird balance, but like you have to watch the trailer. Like we'll watch the video and we'll talk about it at the next show. Okay, um, cool. but it's interesting. Like, otherwise, mechanically, it's exactly the same game as Splatoon one. They uh, Splatoon two. Yeah, they've just added a few. Um, uh, like new weapons and whatnot. Yeah, I guess the other thing is there's the like co-op wave-based mode, right? What's it called? The um, the salmon run. Salmon, salmon run. run yeah. yeah. Like I feel like the idea for salmon run is really cool. I just it always weirdly. I don't know why. It just when I look at salmon run, it just weirdly grosses me out. It's it's hor- it's, it's horrible. It's really like visceral and and slimy. It just gives me like old school like weird cartoon network vibes. 
if you get what I mean by that. Like, I don't know what I, it I is. get it, like, like Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy sort of. Yeah. Thing, that, that, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I feel the same. Thing. And it just yeah. kind of creeps me out, like, more than, like, stuff that's designed to be creepy. And I was like, hmm. But yeah, I mean, looks cool. Like, uh, I don't know if I'll pick it up. Maybe, if it's on, like, I mean, it's a Nintendo game. It's never going to be on sale. But, um, yeah. I, I, I got it on sale. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it was £5 off. Nice, dude. Nice, 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 nice. Saving. Yeah, big savings, dude. Nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, so I guess we can catch up on Fussing once you've watched the trailer, so next time we, we meet up. And there'll probably be more shown at Gamescom as well, so you might have a bit more into that. But it's it's very much Splatoon 2, just advanced. Yes. Um, but the next point is kind of similar, because we're still talking about first-person shooters here, that Overwatch have announced that their loot boxes are going away, so you'll no longer be able to buy loot boxes at all in the game, and instead everything will be done through an in-game shop or a battle pass setup. Right. Um. Which, I have an opinion, I'm going to start with my opinion on this one, because obviously I'm quite close to this game. Mm-hmm. The main reason I loved Overwatch is because it didn't use those systems. It used the loot box system, which was free, and we were also given tons of money to spend on loot boxes for working there. So, <laughs> I I liked it because it worked for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And because of all that, now that, I mean, now that I've unlocked everything in the game, I've got every skin, so I'm happy. But now the new system is it means I'm going to have to spend a lot of money if I want to enjoy it, and I don't want to. Hmm, okay, uh, so... Oh, I know it's weird, but... I, I need to read more of the details of it, but um, I guess the thing with... Um, so, with, when they say Battle Pass, like, do they mean that, like, it's going to be, like, the you know the traditional Battle Pass where you have a free track, and then if you pay money, you get the premium track, and to advance through the Battle Pass, you have to, like, complete quests and stuff like that? Is that am I right? Uh, sort of battle passes where you have that track of one to a hundred. Um, you just play the game to mm-hmm. progress through the pass, and you have two lines. You have the free track, which is the stuff that you are not just for playing, and the paid track, which is again you are sorry. You have the paid track, which you um. So as you uh, you progress along both tracks at the same time, but as yes. soon as you pay, you get everything in the paid track as well. Yes. Okay. Up so to that point. This. To to be honest, I think this I can see. Okay, so from first of all, from the objective diplomatic point of view, you can clearly see why Blizzard have done this because they're trying to curry favor and basically be like, we removed loot boxes so they can avoid all of the like stuff that happened with Diablo Immortal, right? So like, yeah, you know, they're trying to dodge anything to do, which gives them negative rep, especially with their audience of rabid PC fat like gamers who don't want anything to do with microtransactions and things. And also things, because right? Blizzard have been cancelled, so yes, exactly. they're fighting against a tidal wave of, of hatred. They're trying real hard. So, yeah. like, I can understand why, and also from a business perspective, this is probably going to make them less money, I imagine, overall. Um, like, obviously, the reason why loot boxes are mostly in games is because, like, it, even though Overwatch had the nice thing of being like, if you get duplicates, then you get the uh, extra currency, currency. Yep. that you can then buy in the shop. Now they're, you know, you kind of still to get the rare loot boxes or the rare things you wanted, you needed to buy quite a lot of loot boxes to kind of mm-hmm. increase your odds, right? So, um, I think going to a battle pass system is kind of fairer so at least the people who play a lot because obviously you're encouraged to play a lot to advance your battle pass at least the people who play a lot will be able to get the things that they want 
I guess, which is cool. Um, the other, th- the only question is, is you said that there's also going to be an in-game shop. So yep. to buy those items, I'm assuming you're going to use some kind of currency. And then the question is, can you buy that currency with money? Do you know? It feels like that's going to be the way. There's no confirmation yeah. yet, but it smells like that's the direction it's going yeah. again. So I mean, to play a game, so it's picking up the mobile model is what it's yeah, doing. exactly, yeah. And you know, that's not. I guess, yeah, oh yeah, sorry, it's going to be fully free to play, isn't it, yeah. So, um, you know, I guess that's kind of, a f- in my opinion, like a fair, so from my opinion, I think it's a fairer system. It does remove the loot box aspects, which I know some people liked, because a lot of people like watching case openings and stuff like that. Mm. Um, personally, I'm like, this is good for me, because I'm someone who doesn't like loot boxes, but also I'm not a person who engages with microtransactions and these kinds of things anyway but like no, neither am i i don't yeah. at all but like i am more likely to buy a battle pass than a loot box if that makes sense so like you know for example in tft i got very like the only reason i didn't buy the battle pass for the tft this season was because i didn't like the items that were in it so i, I yeah. you know I, I completed the battle pass just from playing the amount of tft that i did but i didn't buy the paid version because i wasn't interested well, in the items. we just had this discussion with sea of thieves because their yeah. battle pass is is absolutely pathetic yes and like yeah it's it's genuinely embarrassing yeah like the, the stuff that's on their free track is is brilliant yeah on the paid track it's like that they're, they're all themed on like tropical like tropical castaways yeah and it all just looks like crap mm. like it, it genuinely looks like really cheap badly made crap yeah it's a shame mm. And like the other thing is that like TFT has done something which is kind of annoying and scummy is not is too strong of a word. It's it's an I I don't like it. But basically, the thing that people would want is not in the battle pass. You can only get it from a loot box. So which really sucks. So uh, yeah, it's kind of like reduced. The, which is why I did not monetize and I did not buy the battle pass because I was like, well, if you're gonna take the thing that I want. And take it out of the battle pass and put it in a loot box. Then whatever. Then sure. You know, I don't need. I don't care. I have. I have my favorite little legend already. Anyway, which is Limeberry Dango, and he's just a big green ball of fun. <laughs> so you know, I don't need anything else. So um, yeah. But uh, it's interesting. But we could we could talk all day about it. But it's it's one of those things where it's like no one really wants any of this stuff but that's just what we're getting now yeah exactly yeah. like i mean i'm interested to see how the community responds to this i'm sure blizzard are going to unfortunately realize that there's nothing they can do to win some people are going to be like i want the loot boxes back in put them back in and they're going to become yeah. the new vocal um they're going to become that's going to be the new reddit thing and then reddit is going to do a pop shove it in there and a kick flip in their head mm. and be like wait don't we hate loot boxes that's what the hive mind told us. Not to today. Do yeah. <laughs> you remember how last week we hated pre-orders? Well, this week I'm pre-ordering Splatoon 3. Yay! Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. But, yeah. It's almost as if uh, Reddit uh, is not a hive mind, and it's just groups, lots of groups of individuals who have yes. differing opinions. Hmm. And also heavily swayed by corporate spending now as well. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could go into Reddit a lot, but I'm not going to. Um mm. So anyway, the next point is probably going to be quite a short one because neither of us have seen them, but there's two shows that have landed. Uh, one's a movie, sorry, one's a show. Uh, in the last week, and I'm hearing rave reviews about them. One's called Sandman, which is a show about the Sandman. Um, and then there's one called Prey, which is apparently about the Predator. Um, oh, yeah. Both, that's I haven't the, seen anything about any of them. That's the Disney Plus show about, yeah, about the Predator. like the alien gun laser thing. But it also seems yeah. to be set in like like 
kind of tribal era. I don't know what the term for that is. I'm sorry if I said something that's not tribal era. I don't know. Like uh, what, how they call it the nineties. It's not saying the nineties. <laughs> I know. I'm just joking. Just joking. <laughs> like caveman times, is what you mean? Like yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's like you know prehistoric. Prehistoric. Yes? Yeah. Prehistoric era. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Which interesting is ironic, because it was like a, I, yeah. I thought you know I saw the trailer come up and I was like oh is this like Pocahontas or something and then like wow yeah I mean <laughs> no, I literally because I, I saw Disney and I was like oh Disney are just making like a Pocahontas TV series and then I saw the fucking like Predator laser and I was like what is happening <laughs> oh what's happening Pocahontas yeah, yeah I was like damn they really uh... listen with your heart yeah Pocahontas <laughs> my uh, brain yeah so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Sandman and I'm probably gonna talk about it in the next next episode I think cause... yeah. Uh, but I've got three weeks of vacation, so I'll probably completely forget by the time I get back. Um, <laughs> Maybe you can go watch it in whatever language. What language do they speak in Bosnia? Bosnian. But yeah, you can go watch it in Bosnian. <laughs> I don't know if it's Bosnian. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, Square Enix are selling stakes in all their studios. There's mm-hmm. one. So all these big names from like the 90s, noughties, and early 10s, whatever they're called, um, all seem to be like selling off their bits and pieces now, because it's almost like the, their era is done. Mm. And Square Enix being a constantly just awful company. Um, I don't know if you've seen their mobile games and how they operate. Uh, no, I have not. Oh, they're, they're disgusting. But they're just, they're just riddled with like really aggressive microtransactions, and and they're just awful. Oh. Um, like they're all pay to win as well, so it's it's the worst. Um, but it looks like they're stepping away from anything that isn't mobile and just selling all their studios off, like their big studios, which is interesting. Mm. Um, I've linked the information in the in the in the post, but I haven't read much about it. So um, it's 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 an odd one to me because all these uh, all these points this week seem to be following a similar theme, which is big companies sort of giving up. If if you get the same idea, or, do, or am what I do wrong? You, in that? Well, okay, what do you mean by like giving? Oh, as in like they're just like selling? I think well, I think this is uh, unfortunately a sign of uh, the world economic climate. Which is caused yeah. by the war, right? It's like a lot of. I mean, in the mobile space, we saw a lot of studios, even in London, uh, close their doors because they realized yeah. that they could not secure more funding to continue because investors are obviously not investing money when there is a war going on and there are other mm. issues in the world. So I think this is also the onset of that, where like a lot of these studios are going to be like, well, we're not going to be able to find stable income because of all these other XYZ things. So they're trying to be like, ah, we can sustain our studios instead of having to close them by offering people to buy a share of them kind of thing, right? Well, that's, so That's a good insight, actually. I didn't think of that. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So instead of trying to close their doors. Up. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that... Well, I mean, there's a combination of things, right? Like, I think it's like follow... You know, it's like been fucking rough right because it's like covid happened which has obviously switched a lot of studios to changing you know having to work from home and change their working styles mm. and you know also a lot of games you know, like we said earlier were in the drought right and then the unfortunately the war the war in ukraine happened and that's also changed a lot of dynamics in the world especially in the financial world and that has knock-on effects of like oh boy now we can't sustain our studios so yeah it's like been mm. like a two, two, two hit punch. I, I'm sure there's probably more punches. There's probably a flurry of punches that I don't know about. But yeah, like, um, so I don't think they're like. I mean, yeah, and obviously it's also harder to make games, <laughs> harder than ever, right? To innovate and make new things because you can't really take these big companies can't really take risks, which has always been an issue. But yeah, like, so it makes sense that they're trying to secure more, um, 
well, I mean, to secure more secure funding, I guess. By trying to sell themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a shame, uh, but hopefully, hopefully, this also encourages these companies to innovate more and make something, make new games and try new things because the same old stuff isn't working, or at least, you know, like Square Enix and Ubisoft don't have a Fortnite. Or don't have a you know a uh, Call of they Duty, do. you know they, they do. Pardon? They do have a they have a Fortnite contender. They have um, their Final Fantasy. Oh god, what's it called? The they've got a battle royale that's running that's apparently printing money. Is it? Uh, which is based on the Final Fantasy VII franchise. Is this the yeah. mobile game? Yeah, it's a mobile game. Yeah, okay, got, yeah, um, yeah. They do have something, and I can't remember what it's called. I'm going to have to Google this. I know they've got a mobile game because I used to play it. Ubisoft? Uh, No, Square Enix. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I think Square Enix is still doing well in Asian markets, especially Japan, right? Like, I think they're. Which is what they're doing. That that was actually the point of the article is that they're pulling out um, to focus on their Japanese side, I think. Yeah. Is what they said. Because it's probably. Uh, Yeah, it's looking for ways to concentrate on its resources and Japanese games, is what it's doing. Yeah, because it's probably Um, their secure money, right? Whereas Ubisoft yeah. are kind of in a bigger, have a bigger issue. <laughs> but, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but they've also got. Uh, it's before Crisis is the game I was talking about, by the way, which is the Final Fantasy VII MOBA. Right. Uh, okay. Not MOBA. Um, Battle Royale. Battle Royale game. Um, and then they've also got Final Fantasy VII Snowboarding. There's one. What? Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> favorite game. Oh, uh, <laughs> No, actually, no. Sorry, I was wrong on that one. The the first title I mentioned was not the right. The list in the wrong order. It's, it's in, um, it's a reverse order. It's called Ever Crisis, I think, is what it's called. It's no First Soldier. There it is. Okay, it's First Soldier. Is that I'm looking down the list there. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's called First Soldier. Is the the I, I don't know. So I don't know anything about it. Yes, the Battle Royale. Uh, and then there is another one that they, so they've just launched Octopath Traveler: Champions of the Continent. Which is their Gacha Octopath Traveler mobile game, which is, it's a good game, but it's unfortunately dripping in microtransactions, which is a shame. And then they mm. also had Brave Exvius, which was that one that everyone used to laugh at for being, you just rub your hand over the screen and that's how you play the game. <laughs> oh god. Um, and yeah, they've had a few other bits and pieces here and there, but they, they, you're, you're right, they don't have like a key core service. Yes. Um, they've tried, but I don't think they've got one. I think they tried it with um, Avengers, not Avengers, was it Avengers by Square Enix? It was Avengers. Yeah. Um, which flopped quite famously. Uh, and then they brought out another one called Outlanders, I think it was called. Another live service, and again, that flopped. Yeah, I think there were a lot of these games, right, that just flopped. I mean, Ubisoft had, um... oh god, I've even forgotten the fucking name of it. Something Scape? What was it? Dreamscape? No. No, Ubisoft. Scape. Hyperscape? Hyperscape, that was it, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. apparently that was really... F- people who played it said it was really fun, but it just died because no one Also, we it. are a pair of morons. Square Enix absolutely do have one of the biggest games in the world. What, Final Fantasy fourteen? Yeah, Final Fantasy Yeah, 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 it's like they're doing good, right, yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, you mean uh, Square Enix, right, yeah. Yeah, that's Square Enix. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, But no, Ubisoft, they have their live platforms in the Assassin's Creed series. Mm. So Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, and... Odyssey, I think, are their current live services. Yeah. And then they've also got that Trials Downhill or whatever it's called. They've also got Trials. They've got um, the subscription service that comes with Just Dance for all the tracks. Mm. They've got uh, that Downhill cycling game that I can't remember the name of. 
And then they have got something else. So Ubisoft do have something else. What can I think of it? They've definitely got another game. Oh, Watch Dogs Legion. And Far Cry, there you go. Yeah, but I mean, none of those games are like, are like I mean, like, you say, like, uh, Assassin's Creed has, like, live service titles in it, but it's not like, you know, it's not like a multiplayer Fortnite kind of No, it's, thing, it's, right? not, a, it's not a COD, effectively. Yeah, yeah, like, they don't have, like, a money printer. As in, like, you know, they still have to keep making new games to print, to, like, make money, right? But they don't have, yeah, like, exactly. a live service thing that they can rely on to, or, to, like, you know, uh, like a Final Fantasy, so... Well, yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean we'll, see, we'll see how things turn out. I'm sure that's why Ubisoft are kind of panicking at the moment because they're like, shit! <laughs> Nothing's working because no one likes us because all of our leads are all pervs. Yeah, and that's we say happens. things like single player games are dead whilst we are the only company. Oh, was that EA? Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. Might be. Might be. <laughs> anyway, Ollie, I have a question for you. Yeah. And uh, it's a question that comes with a few caveats. It's not the snail question, which I'll let you in on at some point in the future. But I know. I think I know the snail. Is that the one about the snail where it touches you and you die? It's always coming. Yeah, that one. I love, I love, I love, I love that, love question. that question. We spent about three hours talking about that the other week. Yeah. Uh, not not me and you. Uh, me and some colleagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can imagine. <laughs> like... Except for any listeners that are trying to wonder what we're talking about, by the way, that there's a question where that you can have a million dollars every year for the rest of your life, but you have to accept that there's a snail coming at you at the speed of a snail coming at you constantly and, and nothing can stop it it will it will come at you no matter what's in its way it will, it will come to you and it will maintain the speed it's going at and when it touches you you die there's nothing you can do to stop it you have to just keep getting away from it yep. would you accept that million knowing that the first year you have no money at all so you get your first million at the end of the first year of being stalked oh I've not heard that version of it that so makes this it is way harder I created this variant you see and it then changes because people are like well I'd immediately spend the money and buy myself a helicopter and fly around the world and I'm like what if you started with no money? That's, that that that's changed harder. the conversation then. Yeah, that's hard. Well, you, you literally start with nothing. You start homeless with no yeah. house, no, no, nothing at all. But at the end of the first year, you get a million. Okay. And I, I would like, I would absolutely take that deal. Like, not, not even a thought would cross my mind. I would totally take that deal. I could live a year on nothing. We would talk. We, we, we would have to dig, dig deep. That would be another hour podcast of just talking. It about would. That. But this week's question is: I would like to find out from you. What gaming artifacts or weapons have you most prized? And I'm not talking about physical items like things that, like the you know guns and, and controllers and whatnot. I'm talking about items physically in like actually in the game. Sorry, like yeah, the Triforce of Wisdom, the um, yeah, 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 staves from a certain game or, or whatever. Like say game, saves, staves as in staffs. Like, oh, okay, staves. Staff. I think it's saves yeah. from a certain game. I was like, no. wow, that's very meta. Like, so, holy shit. It, it could be loose, and to give you an example, I'll start with one, my first one, and we'll, we'll just do a couple each. It's not necessarily a top five because listicles are nonsense anyway. Um, but one of mine is I, I played Final Fantasy XI for a very long time, which is the first online service there, mm. the MMO. And in that game, you had this option of doing these weapon tracks, which were for relics. Yeah. And it was obscene what you had to do for these things. Like I'm talking like more work than a full time job over a year. Yeah, to get these weapons, and one of the weapons because I was a bard was this thing called the Gellerhorn, uh, yeah. which is the same name as a, a rocket launcher in Destiny, which is also quite a revered weapon. Um, anyway, I I did this question, and to get this weapon, I had to hire a group of what was it, eighteen and 30, eighteen times two? What's eighteen times two? Uh, thirty-six. Thirty-six. Yeah, I had to hire a group of thirty-six people twice a week for a year to do a raid 
on my behalf to collect currency. So in this raid, they would get like shitty weapons that would drop that would make their class a bit better. Yeah. But they would also get this currency that dropped from all creatures constantly all the time. And and on its own and in small amounts, it's completely meaningless. But in billions, you exchange that currency for the items that powered up the relics. And so I basically became like a corporate manager for a year of this group of people to do this for me. I never did the raids. I just got the currency at the end of it. They gave me the currency and I just stocked it up every year to upgrade this weapon to a relic, which which were very hard to get. Yeah. And I got this thing called the Yellowhorn, which which turned a bard into like you became a god. So if you played the the so the, the get the whole game was built around mana refresh. So bards had two songs, uh, Mage's Ballad one and two, and Mage's Ballad two give you two mana per per tick, and Mage's Ballad one would give you one mana per tick. Stacking there would give you three, right. which is just enough to keep healers topped up on mana so they can keep healing but you would you would still run out what the gallahorn did is added plus one to every song in in the bard could use so obviously then you're not just doing three mana per tick you're doing five mana per tick so you, your healers are infinite that they can just spend mana like no tomorrow it also added plus one and plus two to all of the attack songs the speed up songs the weapon swing speed songs and stuff oh my like god it, turn not just you into a god but everyone around you into a god and that's why i love the gellahorn like that that was one of my most revered weapons but this is the question and i put it to you give me a weapon from a game that you had like reverence for isn't that like um okay well i mean like whenever this question is asked i always go to like the first few things the first few things that come to my head are always weapons from perfect dark because the weapon designs in that game were fucking insane um like the Farsight XR20, which is a gun which um, has a mode where you turn it on. And oh, first of all, just to clarify, this gun is a one-shot kill uh, anywhere. So if you get hit anywhere, it's a one-shot kill. Um, also, it can shoot through walls, which is great. So uh, you know you can you can shoot through anything. However, it also has a mode where um, if you turn it on, you aim down sights. It lets you see through walls. And what's even cooler is it has a mode where it like automatically locks onto people, like the camera will slowly go towards people uh, as you aim it down. Side, so yeah, it was the absolutely busted. It was the most broken thing. Like they they literally sat down and went like, how what what is the most broken weapon we can think of in whatever year to like uh, perfect dark blue blob. Yeah, it looks it's like an alien gun. It looks like a yeah, blue it had no form really, did it? It just looked weird. Yeah, yeah, and then like the and then it. like the way you reload it, you just put a, an orb into it and it goes like Yeah, okay, I do remember that. I remember yeah. this gun. And then when you fire it, it just has like the most bassy weird like laser sound like <laughs> like that. Yeah, and it was literally like you could literally aim down sight and it would lock onto people through walls and one shot kill them. And you could use it in multiplayer. Which is fucking it, because we, we like we had to have a house rule, which was like either we had to ban certain weapons, which I'll talk about some more weapons in a sec, uh, or it was like, or we would be like, it's you know kind of like you know like a smash, where it's like items on, items off, like yeah, the far sight uh, was one of these like item items on weapons, like you know we would be like, all right, cool, you, everybody have far sight, because it was basically the game just becomes whoever gets the far sight and whoever can spawn camp everyone else. <laughs> yeah, whoever whoever is the quickest on the draw effect. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So other weapons in Perfect Dark that were the same. Uh, the laptop gun, which honestly is one of the coolest weapon designs. I do uh, remember that. 
they need to make a gun. I mean, I'm sure that like you know games like Borderlands and stuff like that were inspired by these things. But laptop gun was an assault rifle where the secondary fire on it was you packed it. Oh, first of all, the weapon looks like a suitcase. So you, when you pick it up, it's a it laptop. turns. Yeah, it, it looks laptop. like a laptop. Yeah, or a suitcase. And well, it there's turns a clue a in the title, Ali. I think if you, if you notice the title. No, 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 no. It looked like a suitcase, dude. I'm telling. I mean, maybe it looked. Maybe it looked like. I mean, laptops looked kind of chunky back then. Actually, I guess they did. They did. You know, it was a fair laptop. fair it enough. Was a it was a laptop. Fine. I know it's called a laptop gun, but as a kid, I was like, "That's just a suitcase, it was a suitcase gun." I remember yeah. thinking the same thing. Yeah, and then basically the secondary fire on it is you pack it up and you throw it out, and it turns into a fucking sentry gun, which was <laughs> yeah. so cool back in the, back in perfect like night like I blew my mind back in the day. I was like, "What?" You know, you could throw a thing and it just shoots. It like creates an ally and just shoots for you. It's fucking cool, man. Like that game had so had so many cool guns. Um, like the whole thing of like there was an assault rifle and you threw it. Uh, there was a mode where it threw it, so it looks like a, a thing you can pick up on the ground. But it, it was actually a proximity mine. Like what the like 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 a bait weapon on so- the ground. Like, Weirdly enough, the podcast I was listening to that asked a very similar question to this, they also said the laptop gun. Yeah, because yeah. it's so fucking cool. <laughs> like, also they had a like an assault rifle which was like called the RCP one twenty, where like you turn you, the secondary fire turns you invisible, but while you are invisible, it's draining your ammo, which was like a really wow. cool balance mechanic as well. But and not not your like reserve ammo, your like actual shooting, like you know what's in the clip. So like you had to make sure that you had like so like you would ha- end up having to like reload the gun all the time, and when it runs out of ammo, then you can't cloak anymore. So it was a really interesting, cool balance mechanic in a game that came out in, like two thousand one, ahead of its time, man. It's fucking such a good game. But um, other weapons that I can think of that are like heralded. I remember hearing. I never. Okay, this is a weapon I never had, but I heard about it. Um, was do you ever play a game called Fantasy Star Online? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like the like Just the old one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like the like the old one, right? Yeah. Yeah. You so, don't know what question you're asking me here, by the way. Okay. Yes. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah. So so I played I played that quite a bit on the GameCube, and then I played the PC version quite a bit. Um, and for the amount of hours I put into that game, I never even touched like got remotely close to like the rare weapons in that game. Like the really, really like rare legendary weapons, and I remember hearing about this sword that the drop rate was like one in like a million or something like like worse than that apparently because it was like apparently you had to like get you had to like on the hardest difficulty get to like the final boss and then there was a chance that when you beat the final boss it would take you to a room with an enemy and the chance of that happening was like one in a hundred thousand and then. The, there was a chance of the enemy that is in that room dropping the sword that was also like one in a hundred thousand or something. I don't know. Maybe this is all bullshit because like um, I was a kid when I heard this. But basically, the sword it was. It, I remember the sword looking like Sephiroth's sword. Like it was just like mega long, like uber long katana. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I was just like I remember hearing about that as a kid, and I was like, oh my god, I want to see the sword, and I could never like. I'm go- I'm literally googling it right now to see if I can find it. I bet you which, it's which, not that bad. Odds. Which game? It was. Fun. Fancy Star Online, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I played one I, and two. I and... think I know what you're talking about. I do think I remember the weapon because I I played Fancy Star Online on the Dreamcast was my first MMO. Yeah, and I played it a lot. Yeah, like, it's a like, lot, a lot. It's like I'm looking at the wiki for these weapons, and it's like I do, and I remember looking at a weapon list in the game, and I I, I never saw any of these. 
like ever. And I played that game for like two hundred plus hours, and I all that. Like, there was so much in it. No, like the rarest thing I remember having was like a like you know because you get the, the the shit weapons like the green swords and shit. Yeah, right? yeah. And then there's like it goes blue and then red and then like purple or something. And then there was like the rare weapons. I remember having like one of the really lowest tier like rare weapons, and that was incredible. And that was like well, I remember, so legendary. Fantasy Star Online, legendary. Do you remember those little things that sat on your shoulder, like the mags, one of the mags? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't have any interest at all in the weapons. I just I saw because I was obsessed with Sega Knights. Yes. Uh, and there was a mag that was a Nightopian, the little like bold yeah things, and it, the the amount of rare spawning and like bullets you had to go through together. I finally got one, and I was just like just standing AFK in the in the like the hub, yeah, just with my little mag out, just like yeah, that's right, bitches, I got one. Yeah, like, that's right, that I got was it. it. Oh, um, God, but no, I mean, I, I mean, yours is you, you've done two. I think I'll jump back to one of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one that because I, I was trying to think of a few that I thought of, and then I realised one of my favourite weapons I've ever used in a game is the threaded cane from uh, Bloodborne. Oh, is, great choice! Yeah, yeah, it's like a whip cane. Yeah, like very. The, the best way I can describe it is for people that might have played Soul Calibur is mm. Ivy's sword, um, where it's a sword that then she turns into a whip. Yeah. And it's it's a very similar way to how it works in Bloodborne is it's a cane that you can use as a cane but you mostly use it as a whip. Yeah. Uh, and I just remember playing the whole game with that cane and people were like that's the hardest weapon to use in the game. I was like yeah but it's really fun to use like and I learned how to how to play Bloodborne with that not realizing I was playing like slightly harder than using the I think the switchblade is what it's called that looks yes. like a big like a big folded razor blade that one. Yeah, that's the weapon. one that most people think of yeah. when they think of Bloodborne. Which, by the way, is a fucking cool weapon. I I really like the um in Bloodborne the the weapon that's like a hammer, but is also a greatsword. I get a weapon. Oh yes, so I know what you cool. mean. I, yeah. I don't want, I don't know what it's called, but I know the weapon. Yeah, it's like you sheath you sheath the greatsword and you pull the hammer out. Man, the yeah, trick the yeah. trick weapons in that game were fucking it was so sick, cool. man. But the weapon design in that game in general was 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 very impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every, especially you had like a ship's wheel at one point as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> also, I like how like um they had a a shield. In the game, it was like a wooden shield, but it was a joke yeah, it, weapon. It was crap. Yeah, it was terrible. He said that, like, this is a, you're a piece of crap if you use this. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, we're I know that... You were talking the... about the Kirk Hammer, by the way, was the weapon. I just yes, the Kirk, the Kirk Hammer, Kirk yeah, Hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in the... I know in the DLC, they added an actual shield. Uh, and they added the Moonlight Greatsword, which is great. They did, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um... I'm I'm looking at some of the the ridiculous one. There was the whirly gig saw as well, which is ridiculous. Also, the um, there was like a spear that was also a cannon. That was very fucking cool. Rifle spear. Uh, the ri- rifle spear. That was it. Rifle spear. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like a spear okay, right. that was also like a shotgun. Like speaking of that gunblade, oh. here we go. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a conversation about gunblades. Dude, wait, wait, wait. Bef- okay, actually, this is on the topic of gunblades. I went okay. to um. I went to Cambridge last weekend, and I went to Why? we went to a museum, and there was just some like medieval weapons and shit there. And there was literally, I thought this was like a thing that was invent, like a joke thing that was like, like you know, the, like games invented like I thought like games and media had invented like gun swords, right? But there was literally an axe that was also a rifle, and I was like, what? This is real. <laughs> this is a real thing someone tried to use and make. <laughs> So it's fucking cool. Well, can't get mad. Can't get mad. They tried. Yeah, they tried. I can't get mad. They fucking tried. It was so. It looked so cool. <laughs> but, like I, I was gonna make a special side mention for gun blades in Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, which is a a sword with with a, with a revolver handle. Yeah. Oh, it's... A bullet as you swing it. Yeah. 
Which is just dub. I mean, it's, it's a dub weapon. It's a stupid. I mean, they're great, man. Cool. The design is amazing. Well, it's like this isn't even from like um, a game. Well, I guess she appears in games, but uh, in the series Ruby, there's a character called Yang, and she has like gauntlets, you know, like which are also shotguns, which I think is like one of the fucking coolest designs. Also, as a kid before Ruby came out, I was like, I always dreamt of like a yeah, like a punching weapon that was also a gun, and then Ruby it did it, and I was like, fuck. My idea, goddamn. I mean, I'm sure there were plenty of kids like me who thought the same idea, but it was very it's, cool it's to see it. Like similar to to Riku in Final Fantasy X, she's got God Hand, um, yeah, which are fists that allow you to like do ridiculous amounts of damage or like Doom Fist, yeah, uh, Tifa, like, yeah, uh, exactly, like Doom Fist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing. Like... Um, but yeah, there was another one as well. So I'm going to go back to Final Fantasy XI here because some of the weapons in that game were, were amazing. Mm. Um, and if you were a mage in that game and you got to level 51. You could equip these staves that added a, a slight elemental bonus to the element that the stave represented. And that game had, fire, had eight elements. So it had light, dark, fire, water, ice, wind, uh, earth, and something else. Fire, water, in, wind, earth, ice. Fire, water, wind, earth, ice. Some Electricity. Was it on thunder? Mm. Um... And to, to power up those spells, you had to equip the stave at the time of casting the spell. So, can you imagine what it was like to be like a, a black mage who has to use all the different spell elements on creatures? Like, well, what would you have to do? You have to change the weapon every time you cast the spell. So, you'd have oh, these macros God. that basically made it look like you're in a fashion show. I mean, that's changing sick. gear. Yeah, it, it was sick. But, but the actual the way that you did it was so the game itself limited you to four line macros or six line macros. Yeah, and then and the, because of the way that the tech worked. You did a gear change, and then you had to put like a wait of one second to allow the gear change to complete before you did the ability or you, or you sp- cast the spell. Yeah. So you, you you'd put like equip um, fire staff, wait one, cast fire on target. <laughs> but the, the problem was is to be optimal in that game, you'd have to change all of your gear for every cast because you'd have like a hat that gives you plus ten to fire magic. A body piece that gives you plus ten to magic penetration, a leg set that would give you plus ten to fire damage but minus ten to water damage. So you would have macros like that were referencing notepad files. So <laughs> instead of it was mental, like that that game was it was it was genuinely mental That's to so the good. to the point where they kept trying to block macro creation in all these different creative ways, and, and the players were just like, no, this is the, this is the optimal way to play the game. It's not cheating. This yeah. is how you play. So in in the end, they added a stave that represented all the elements. It was just plus ten to elemental damage bonus oh, to wow. stop people from doing this. Like, yeah. effectively, we used to call it the the disco ball fashion show because <laughs> every time every time you're in a party with like a black mage or a red mage, you'd just be constantly flashing. Because in you know how in, yeah. in games now, when you change gear, the gear just changes on the character and the character stays visible. Yes. In Final Fantasy XI, the character model would disappear and reappear with a new item on. Oh my god, so it be flashing. Like, <laughs> flashing and flickering in combat constantly. I mean, that's and, great. In that game as well, when you did that, you lost your target lock-on, and anyone locked onto you would also lose target. Oh my god. <laughs> wait, that's oh that's crazy. So wait, you, the, wait, they'd lose target of you? Yeah, but there was very little PvP in that game. There was barely any PvP, yeah, so yeah, it wasn't yeah. a problem. But I it was just still... you'd lose you'd lose connection with your target. Oh man, 
I mean, that's great. That's like literally toggling to dodge abilities. But yeah, that, that's why I wanted to tell that story because it was it was not necessarily the weapons that I was in awe of. It was just what came with it. I remember I had macros. I had like four hundred macros for that game. Yeah. And the same with bards as well. So every time you sing a song as a bard, you add horns and stringed instruments. Mm. And each instrument boosted a different song. <laughs> the the Gjallarhorn was the only instrument that boosted all songs. Oh my god. So until then, you would have like 40 instruments. You'd be walking around with like 20 harps and 20 flutes. Yeah. Just just to be a bard. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's great. Here is my plethora of instruments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I could have gone for the generic items like the Triforce and stuff, but I thought those were a bit more interesting. Yeah, like the, I mean, like you know, there's the easy ones, which is just like the you know the gravity gun from uh, what's it? I was about to say the gravity gun from Halo. The, port- the portal gun from Portal is what I think you meant. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, no, I mean the gravity gun from Half Life. You know, like picking up. Oh, okay. Stuff. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um. I mean, I mean, very meta one, but the tool gun in Gary's mod, obviously, kind of the reason, kind of the reason why I'm a developer in a way. But uh, I mean, it's just you know, it was just a basic, it was everything. You know, it was just like you know, a manipulation tool for everything. Right? Okay. But yeah, like um, I'm trying to think about other cool weapons in games. See, this is it. Like, nowadays, when you think of weapons, except for... I don't mean Fortnite has some cool stuff, but, like, you know, you think of guns, it's like, oh, yeah, the AK-47, that legendary weapon. Yeah, there's not really things that stand out, but then if if you actually think about games like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, and then you actually think of the weapon, and you're like, can't remember. Yeah, so you're like, what, the bow? Yeah, the bowcaster, or the the tripwire, and you're like, eh, they're yeah. not really that iconic. I guess, you know, there's, I mean, there's iconic weapons, like, you know, like, um, what's it, the blades of, well, I don't even know what they're called, the, but Kratos's blades in, um, Oh, they're Hades blades or something, aren't they? They're forged from something. Oh, they're forged from, like, the cool. fires of Demos, Demos blades? I'm not, uh, blades of chaos. That's what blades of chaos, there you go. Yeah, yeah, And they're forged from chaos. Yes. Chaos. Yes. Uh, I mean, like that was a very cool moment in God of War Four. I haven't played it. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're not spoiling it. The game's what a thousand years old. Okay, so basically, in God of War, because you use the axe for the entire game, um, and then at one point the game switches, and like Kratos is like, I need to like, sort of, you know, uh, he has a moment where he talks about his past, or like you know, he has to reconcile with his past, and you know, reflect on the fact that he was someone who used to kill gods. And you, un, and he goes back to his house, and he uncovers the blades of chaos. And obviously, you know, for God of War fans, they're like, holy shit! It's like a holy shit moment. And also, the blades of chaos are fucking sick as weapons, and it's cool because you get to you know switch between two weapons at once, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very cool moment. But yeah. Oh, I've just thought of one: the Master Sword from Zelda. But again, yeah. Generic. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like the the the, the low hanging fruit ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Like... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is low hanging fruit, but the uh, the home run bat from Smash Brothers. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a like, great choice. Yeah. I, actually, I was just going through in my head like all the different things in Smash Brothers and what weapons they use. So I was thinking the Keyblade, but again, that's an easy one. Yeah. Um, but the home run bat is sick because it's like a one hit kill if you get it right. Yep. When you time it. Um, Very and then cool. on that one as well, the, what got me thinking of that is I was thinking of Bayonetta's hair. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is a weapon. Of course, it's a fucking weapon. It's a it's a demon living yeah. in her hair. 
Oh, so there's that one. I'm trying to think of a few others as well, but I'd like. Uh, there's a couple of shit ones. Like there's that thing that's on the back of Mario in Mario Sunshine. The flood. Flood. flood? Flood's yeah. Is that cool, sh- dude. Bullshit. Is Sunshine uh, Mario, is a great game. It's time to be on vacation, but you're also a criminal. Yeah, Mario. He's not a criminal. Dude, Mario. Sunshine's a good game. It's a great game, but Flood can go fuck itself. <laughs> <laughs> There's a phrase for the back of the box. Oh my god! Great game, but Flood can go fuck itself. Nintendo, five stars. I'm um, just looking through my Steam list and like games. But I'm, I feel I'm like now looking, yeah, I'm looking through a list of like classic games. And yeah, like... I need to look at like think about like because obviously Perfect Dark is the one that speaks out to me. I feel like 007 Nightfire probably has some weapons. I mean, like does like the the there was like the weird like RC like helicopter and the RC tank. In Nightfire, that was pretty fun. <laughs> I don't. I never played Nightfire, so. Oh, that was some really good weapons. Nightfire was a really good game, man. Like, I remember, I enjoyed that quite a lot. Um, I mean, we've talked about the portal gun, though. That's an obvious yeah, one. There yeah, was there was gun. that weapon in Gears of War, the main weapon. The it's like a machine gun that's got like a blade on the end of it that you just carves enemies in half. Wait, the, which the Lancer? The Lancer. In um, Gears of War, the main weapon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the Lancer. Yeah, oh, that's a good, that's a good choice actually. Lancer's very cool gun. There's the the blade in Assassin's Creed, the one that pops out of the wrist, the hidden blade. That one. Mm. Yeah. Kind of cool. Um, the classics. The it, it's classics. Uh, there's there's a lot out there. I'm, I'm sort of just clicking through a list of video games now and get an idea of what I'm forgetting. Mm. Um, I can't think of any more. Um, I mean, it's, it's all silly stuff. Yeah, I'm just but... looking at weapons from Nightfire, but a lot of them are just like. They're just guns. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, anyway. I guess we've done it for this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm on going... holiday. I'm, I'm going to go and tour Europe for three weeks. Yeah, think about it. That's your homework uh, for three weeks. Think about yeah. uh, cool artifacts and weapons. Oh, Monster Hunter. That's gonna have a bunch. Of oh, but the whole so, game. Yeah, I mean be... the whole game of Monster Hunter. Yeah, hunting horde in general, fucking cool. Oh, uh, there is nothing better than watching people roll around, like hitting with swords or whatever, and doing all the things. And you're just in the background going, yeah, you're singing, singing the tune of your people. <laughs> Let me play you the song of my people, dude. Oh, uh, right. okay. I know, Ollie. This has been the Sunfire Tavern episode. What episode are we on now? 64? 64. Nintendo 64. Oh, Nintendo 64. So, this has been the Sunfire Tavern. <laughs> this has been the Sunfire <laughs> Tavern, our podcast for gamers and geeks. Will you shut up? We, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies, and TV with me, Clark, and my co host, Ollie. Um, and this week we've discussed Netflix ramping up to be a serious player in the games industry. We've talked about Ubisoft selling their majority shares to Tencent. Uh, Gamescom's on its way. Splatoon 3 did their direct. Uh, we were looking at Overwatch's loot boxes being taken away and replaced with yucky mobile games stuff that I work on, which I'm not going to talk about. Um, we also talked about two things that we haven't seen, which is Sandman and Prey. Both are good. I'm going to watch them and give an update on that in a few weeks' time. Uh, Square Enix selling stakes in its studios to focus on Japanese games. And then we also discussed the gaming and weapon, the, the gaming weapons slash artifacts that we love. Oh, it's difficult to get through this. Oh, yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, even though I haven't updated Instagram in a very long time. You can follow us on Twitter mainly, where I do a lot of the conversation, uh, at Sunfire Tavern. I'm also looking at TikTok as well, but I don't like oh, it. Oh, God. I know. Uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere where you can see a podcast hosted, because it's all automatic. 
Uh, and if you want to send us any feedback or questions or something to read out on air, you can do so through the Google form, which is linked in the blurb that Ollie will attach when he uploads the podcast. Yeah. Um, Ollie, anything you, you want to say before we leave these lovely people for a few weeks? Uh, hope everybody has a good time, play some good games, watch some good things. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And I guess we'll catch you guys in like a month or so. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool, man. Cool. Well, uh, have a good week, a good other week, and then a third week on top of that, and I'll see you in four of them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Right. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you soon. See everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.